I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope, and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24-7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship with your host, Claudia Pauls. Welcome back to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship. And today we're going to be talking about ways that abuse changes you, that changes victims. And we have several people with us today. Um, Deborah Hackworth is here, and she is the Director of Advocacy Services. And Ellen Higgins is also here, and she is the Director of Housing for DASIS. And we also have Rose Ludwig, our Executive Director. And all three, and I may ask some questions, I can't certify myself, of course, as any kind of an expert, but I sure do learn a lot every time we do one of these podcasts, um, to see different ways that abuse changes the victims and Deborah I think you're gonna start yeah so um, with the work that we do we hear from a lot of the survivors that they're not the same person that they were when um, before the abuse happened I don't know how they could be exactly (laughs) exactly and we want to sort of um, help them to realize that that's normal and that's okay that they're not the same person and because there are a lot of different ways that abuse will change you and so um, that's kind of what we wanted to talk about because if you feel like you're isolated in how you feel and you're the only one who feels that way that keeps you in the cycle of being a victim and stops the healing process so we want to get it out there we want to talk about it we want to lay it all on the table so that people can um, heal from what they've been through. Well, it's kind of like with grief. You you always hear about the different stages, and you think, well, not everybody goes through these stages. But really, in some form or another, most people process what has happened to them in, in similar ways. Mm-hmm. And so knowing what these changes, you may not be experiencing them, experiencing them right at the moment, but realizing that these changes could be happening soon or are happening and you're not realizing it. Yeah, and the things that we go through are are as different as our personalities. Mm -hmm. And so how you go through something may not be how on the outside it appears that I'm going through it, but we're going through similar things. Mm -hmm. And so um, and what you're going through and how you're feeling is um, definitely um, appropriate for what you've been through. So what are some of the kind of specific changes that could be happening? Well, a couple of things that we hear from people who have experienced abuse is that now they feel easily overwhelmed or they're 
anxious, irritated, or sometimes cry without explanation. That's something that we hear that go. And again, for the stress and the trauma that people have been through, I think that's something that's normal that happens. Do you see that in um, working with um, clients? Absolutely. The same with, um, you know, something that they used to in- something that they used to enjoy you know they no longer um find joy in it's Mm -hmm. it could be you know a restaurant that you used to go to and now when you pass by it just has a dark memory for you right yeah your abuser have taken your joy of of what yes used to bring Mm -hmm. you joy and we don't always even realize going into situations what those triggers will be triggers come out of nowhere with something that se- would seem normal suddenly it triggers a bad memory a smell hmm. can trigger a bad memory um, a commercial that comes on TV you just never know what a trigger is that will take you right back to that place where you felt victimized and you're like oh and it could Here be we go in a very good moment. Mm-hmm. You could be in a spot. I have been places with my husband, and he'll say something, and I'll be, I, I'm sorry, I was triggered. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm healthy enough to know that I was taken back there and can come right back from mm-hmm. it. But nothing specific was happening that was bad, or it was a smell. It was mm-hmm. a song. It was a, you know, a picture. Mm-hmm. Well, and people listening, if they don't understand that and they're getting triggered by certain things and don't know what's happening to them, you've had you know so much training and have learned so much, I hope someone listening to that realizes that that's absolutely a normal reaction to having yeah. been a victim. And then there's sometimes that you're triggered and you don't realize you're triggered, but your loved one will realize you're triggered. Um, my husband has said to me at times, okay, what's going on? I don't understand mm-hmm. what's going on or what you're feeling right now. I need you to talk to me. And we'll begin to talk about it and I'll realize, okay, something triggered a memory or something that's going on felt uncomfortable and so now I'm working through those feelings but didn't even realize Mm -hmm. that I was working through it in a way where it was affecting those around me right yeah and I've not heard that term used that way before so another thing I'm learning as we go through this that's a that's a really good description of what happens Mm -hmm. great and what what are some of the other um changes that victims can kind of expect to go through well another one is not trusting um, the world around you or people around you when the people who are close to you that you're supposed to be able to trust have betrayed that trust then you're not gonna um, readily trust someone that you don't know even if it's a helping professional you have a distrust of the world. The world no longer seems like a safe place. That's un- like when working in the shelter, you have to know that just because you know you doesn't mean every victim coming into the shelter knows you. So you have mm-hmm. to gain their trust. You can't just assume that they're going to trust you just because you work here. Mm-hmm. Right. I would assume that you would assume they wouldn't trust you because if you don't know someone or you're not quite sure how they're going to react to things. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And I see you've also made some comments in the past about um, 
just generally being nervous or uncomfortable about whether you're being left alone or meeting new mm -hmm. people or approaching mm -hmm. new situations. That has to be more difficult than just normalcy. Absolutely. And if someone has um, maybe experienced uh, sexual assault, they then may have a fear of someone of the opposite sex. Or if it was a same-sex assault, they may have a fear of someone of the same sex. If it was a younger person and it was an older person that perpetrated on them, they have a fear of authority figures. And so, and sometimes um, people can describe those fears as irrational, mm -hmm. but those are not irrational fears. When the someone who represents the gender or the um, segment of the population who has abused you, if the, someone like that comes into your life, you're not going to feel as comfortable as you may have felt before mm -hmm. when something like that happens. And that fear is going to look a lot of different ways. It's mm -hmm. not going to be, a, you know, when you think of fear, afraid, that stop, get away from me. It could be, um, you know, just little comments like, oh, I, I'm not sure I want to go if so-and-so is going to be there. Mm -hmm. It's not because they necessarily did anything, but they are similar to the person that perpetrated against them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's amazing how one person can affect how you respond to so many other people. But I will say with children, if they are saying, I don't want to be around this person or listen. that person makes me feel uncomfortable, absolutely. We need to listen. We need to pay attention to that. We need to ask questions. We need to not just assume that child is being defiant. There's usually a reason behind that. There's a story behind the behavior. Right. Um, flashbacks tend to be a big problem as well. Yeah, flashbacks and triggers. And here's the things about when you're having, you have a flashback or something triggers a memory. Your subconscious doesn't know that it's not happening right at that moment. And so it takes you back to that moment. And you can feel all the emotions. And sometimes people even go through the physical Mm -hmm. reaction that they had at the moment that that happened. Now, there are people who will have a flashback every 10 years. There's people who live with flashbacks every day. Wow. You hear that sometimes with veterans, if they've, you know, or, or people mm -hmm. that have been in huge PTSD. trauma, whether it's domestic mm -hmm. violence or abuse. Uh, and I never entered my mind that, yes, that would be the same kind of situation that abuse would trigger as well. And yeah. the, the difference between the flashback and the trigger is the flashback is like you're right there you're living it again mm -hmm. and the trigger can cause a flashback that's the thing and um when they would talk about ptsd they only in the beginning saw trauma as something associated with war mm -hmm. but trauma is anything that overwhelms your senses where your normal coping skills cannot get you back to your pre-traumatic event state you have been so overwhelmed that right. it's counting to 10, breathing, all the things that you usually do to calm yourself is not working. And those, um, and those traumatic experiences, the, your reactions to it can last from days to weeks to months to years. Sure. And so now we recognize it's not only people who go to war. 
who experience trauma. It, some people are experiencing um, war and terror in their everyday lives. Right. Oh, that's so sad. Um, you also then, another area of um, repeating those thoughts over and over again, mm-hmm. trying to, to cope with it that way? Yeah, yeah. The, those intruding thoughts that interrupt your day, that makes you less productive than you would be or that or just stops your life in its tracks and it makes it a lot harder to um to move forward in your life when you're stuck in those thoughts but these things are normal these things are normal so part of that is um understanding that you're not broken Mm-hmm. You're not so broken that you can't be put together, back together again, and that there is help and that there is hope and there is healing for what you've um, been through. And that's everything that DASIS is about, is mm-hmm. that hope and healing. And when you talk about that ruminating words and thoughts, when you, and, and you'd think, well, why don't they just stop thinking about those things? Well, if that's been your life for, you know, 10 years... Mm-hmm. What what else did you have to think about? You know, you, you, you get out of that abusive situation and you keep going over what he said and or she said and, you know, what he or she did to you. It's that was the only thing you had for that long. And now you don't have it. But in, in the same sense, it's all, you know, so right. while it, it, it's harmful to you, it's also comforting because it's the only thing, you know, so our job is to assist you in replacing Mm. that coping mechanism with a healthy coping mechanism absolutely is part of that just just trying to process through it that's part of it being able to process what you've been through but other things is um helping that person to learn how to change that channel in their mind when those negative thoughts come in how do we replace them with positive things i believe in positive affirmations learning how to speak to yourself and sometimes people don't understand positive affirmations if you say i am healthy i am well i am well adjusted mm-hmm. a lot of people will think well no i'm not but affirmations isn't about where you are it's where you want to be and so you speak those things into existence you train your mind to look to those things so that you can become the things that you're saying to yourself yeah what is that fake it till you make it that's right you gotta (laughs) practice you gotta practice exactly right absolutely great well and i think just our listeners realizing that there are changes then Mm -hmm. and they are things that you will process through and get better from and things will then begin to may not be the same normal but a new normal is probably Mm -hmm. even better than what was normal before so I think too that we need to remember that you know as in the title of this podcast I'm not in an abusive relationship a lot of times individuals don't even know that what their experiences are thing are are because of triggers or things that have happened mm-hmm. to them we sometimes say what's wrong with you what the real question is what happened to you right. and so I think that um, there might be listeners today that are hearing this and saying but I'm not in an abusive relationship I would encourage you to explore those feelings and those emotions to find out 
what it is that's causing those triggers and to not be ashamed of how you're feeling and to reach out. You can reach out to DASIS to get the help. Um, but I'd also encourage bystanders or friends or family members to be patient, to be trauma-informed, if you mm-hmm. can be, to learn you know, how it is that you can help without thinking that something's just wrong with the person, um, but ways that you can help them overcome that in a way that's um, giving them hope and healing for the future. Absolutely. Great job, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. And remember, our 800 number is 800-828-2023. And you can always reach us online as well at dasismi.org. Thank you for listening to I'm Not In an Abusive Relationship. If these stories resonate with you and you need help, please visit our website, dasasmi.org. That's dasasmi.org or call our hotline at 800-828-2023. We are here to walk alongside you. Now, if you know someone who might benefit from our show, please share it. Social media, email, simply telling someone about it, all help us spread the word and help us to combat domestic and sexual violence. We also welcome financial and volunteer support. That information is on our website. Thank you to the staff, volunteers, and board of directors at Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. This podcast is produced with the help of a committee of dedicated advocates. Thank you to WBET Radio in Sturgis, Michigan for the use of their studio. This has been a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence and a production of Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services of Michigan.